Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. They've got American care. Hey, what's up, everybody? You are listening to a podcast called The Alt in Our Stars. I am your host, Chris Payne, and today I'm here with John and Jared from the Maine. Hello, hello. Hi. We are sitting in the top floor of Billboard's New York office overlooking kind of a foggy day in New York. Um, our sound production guy, John, just left here wearing a ball in Arizona shirt Absolutely. that he wore special for you guys. See, this is, this is not even foggy for us. This is gorgeous for us. We don't get views like this in, Ar- in Arizona. Kind of They're usually mountainous, yeah. <laughs> not city. We're used to cowboys and cacti yeah. and dirt. Old stage coaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about Arizona a little bit today because um, I have a little bit of family there. I've been there a few times. Um, it's a cool place. I sure, I'm sure it was going to come up. It's it's the uh, we we're talking about the t-shirts. I have this one t-shirt I got from. It's made from like orange or brownish dust from um, the Sedona Mountains. Okay, the red. Okay. The red. Just, like, I never wore it, but I was there with my aunt, and she like insisted that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have at least yeah. a souvenir, right? <laughs> it's all about the souvenirs. Like, th- there's so many shops filled with like Absolutely. Native American jewelry and special healing power stones. Lots See, of that. I can get down on some of it. Like, I can only have so many T-shirts, but. I can vibe with the crystals. And, oh, I have so and, many like rocks and like <laughs> yeah. jewelry, pouches of rocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's I guess like did you guys both grew up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it? Because it's such a touristy place. I mean, also I've, I mean, I'm sure it's not all like that. I've just been to Phoenix and like the immediately surrounding places and other yeah. touristy. I things. mean, I think when you we do have a downtown, however modest it may be, um, but we we grew up in the suburbs, so I mean. Sedona's an hour. No, actually, Sedona's like two and a half hours. Yes, yeah, Sedona's us. pretty far away from us. It's up in the and Flagstaff is about three hours, all north. Um, so, so when you start to get into those areas, I think it gets a little more touristy, touristy trap kind of thing. And because they have, you know, the Grand Canyon. There's yeah. the mountains in, in <clears throat> Sedona, and um, Phoenix but, itself is cool, though. It's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, for it's us growing up, too, I, so. I think it's. You know, I played baseball growing up, so we have sun pretty much year-round, so I was playing baseball a lot. Um, we actually were on 
uh, a basketball team we together. In my mom like was the coach. Grade. Right? Was my mom the, our coach? <laughs> I think Luke Chubchinsky's oh, dad good. was Luke's our coach. Dad, yeah. If uh, Luke's listening, what's up? Hey man, <laughs> what up, Juby? <laughs> yeah, are you guys? I I'm a huge Diamondbacks fan. Are we you guys are too. The, oh, sweet. or at least I am. He is by trade. I'm a casual fan. Yeah, I love baseball. Word. Yeah, me too. We just I was saying we just took two against the Rockies yesterday. I saw swept the doubleheader. Yeah, it's huge. Our pitching staff kind of sucks. Yeah, but it's all about Archie Bradley. He's so good. Did you see him get hit in the face? No, but I heard about it. Like I was out that night, and I came home and I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, oh. "It was gnarly. pretty was like gnarly photo." So- yeah, but, he got yeah. so lucky though. He did because normally when you see that headline, it's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, like we've had the worst luck with pitchers, and for that to happen to a young kid and his like fourth star, mm-hmm. it's like, well, he posted a picture on his Instagram of his left side of his face just like huge just so swollen did not look good at all actually it was really wild he actually posted a picture of a young kid that got hit a picture he was like 14 years old in the same hospital on the same, the same day oh, yeah wow. it's pretty wild but he's better i think <laughs> i think Careful, i think man. he's pitching he's pitching soon i think he had like some sort of light fracture but it was yeah, like a sinus fracture or something yeah yeah and they said like if it was postseason he could have just like toughed it out but it was precautionary so he's missing a couple basketball of masks on yeah <laughs> so hopefully things get better for them yeah, i think well, it will it's gonna take a few years it but, might yeah so yeah should probably talk about some music too as much <laughs> as I, I could i love talking with artists about sports and baseball but yeah um i could go on yeah i could too (laughs) it's funny whenever i like like with social media because most of the people who like i talk to who follow me are like music people it's like i I always want to talk more about sports but it's like i tweet something out about baseball and it's like oh you lost two followers yeah yeah it's a slippery slope it's a tough game to play yeah you kind of got to pick and choose (laughs) so we should talk about the tour yeah Towards towards the end of it, right? It's it's a long tour. Yeah, we're, we're almost done. We have like less than two weeks left, I think, on the actual tour. Something like eleven shows or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it started uh, April the third in Phoenix, in Arizona, and we've made our way around. The shows have been amazing. Uh, the response has been great for the new record. The record's been out just a little bit before April third, um, so it's a little over a month now. People are are digging it. I think. No, the, I mean the reaction the response. At, at the, shows all, the only way been, we can kind of gauge that is by playing shows and playing the new stuff. It's yeah, pretty awesome. So, so yeah, we're uh, we're winding down. We're playing tonight at Best Buy. That's the first time we've ever headlined there, which is kind of cool. Um, there's a band called the Technicolors from Arizona, mm-hmm. and then uh, two Chicago-based bands called Knuckle Puck and Real Friends. So they bring like uh, more of like a pop punk kind of high energy. Um, to the set and the crowds have kind of been like they've been kind of gnarly it's nuts well they'll be playing and be like where are our fans at because yeah. the whole place is just I mean they've got like, like I feel like there's been like like a photocopy of this six foot four like emotional bro emotional dude that's <laughs> uh-huh. been in like the center every he's, single he's night he's there every he, like, night man he, he literally uh-huh. is like the city. he's the same guy how does, how does he dress I don't even know. I can't. I can only see his like just the his, tears, his just the arm. Feelings. I can Dude, see his one, his right arm, it. pulling his, his hair, pointer out. finger, and a lot of emotion. It's awesome because honestly, it takes us back to when we were going to shows. We weren't six four, yeah. but 
well, we no, were emotional. Yeah, I mean, and I guess what I was getting at is that it's their like their crowds have been so crazy, and so I'm like, where are our fans at? And then we'll get on stage. It's almost like they just swapped their fans out with our fans. Like the mm-hmm. shows have been so awesome. Yeah, for every band on the bill, I feel like so it's it's been a really cool tour. It's been really Absolutely. fun. Yeah, and in terms of like venue size and capacity, I read it was the biggest tour yet. Yeah, we just played um, the biggest show that we've had um, as a headliner in Toronto. I guess, and then we played a bigger show in Boston. It was Boston more people? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of cool to to know that it's not um, regressing at all. Yeah, um, which kind of I guess empowers us even more. I think it makes us feel really good about the new record too. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of all tying into that. So it's been yeah. Cool I mean, it's see. it's a lot catchier than the last one, so I can see how it like. Not that, I mean, I liked the last one, but it's. I think it can see be like a more f- live friendly album. Right on. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we um, I I think that was a conscientious de- decision going into making the album. We knew, um, not necessarily accessible because I feel like when you say accessible, you're just immediately clumped into like, oh, you wanted to be mainstream. But I think that we wanted to make it easier for people to attach to the grooves of the songs. Um, so the groove was really important, um, drum and bass especially. Yeah, we spent a lot of time just kind of going over that, especially in pre-production. It was one of the first times we really ever thought about making music like in, in those terms because um, it's usually been like... Songwriting and then throw it together in the studio kind of thing. Like, And then kind of put the ones that sound most similar together and um, come up with some sort of yeah. title to cl- clump them all together. Mm. But this one was, like, more, I think, more thought out. It was more controlled, for sure, than the last record. Forever Halloween was more of a just live, just kind of throw-and-go kind of... I mean, the songs were written and stuff, but it was kind of a more dry approach to the studio, Mm -hmm. I feel like. So we have more control this time. Yeah, yeah, because, like, you worked with Brendan Benson from the Tours on that one. I can definitely see... Actually, I interviewed you about that, because I think we premiered the album on Billboard a couple years ago. Yeah, Yeah, working with Brendan, he's very... Um, old school in his approach and not in like a worn out way it's like in a very timeless way which is really cool and it was a really great experience for us, for us. Yeah. Um, but we reverted back to uh, working with Colby Wedgworth who did Pioneer for us and it was great to see that he had kind of made ground um, I guess creatively and just uh, kind of honing in on his craft since the three years that we had worked with him. So mm-hmm. I think it was a, a harmonious kind of pairing again. I'd like to think so. Yeah, no. We was, had fun. It was, yeah, it was we did. It's <laughs> we easy did. to work with Colby. It's easy to bounce ideas back and forth. I think that's when you get the best um, results, I guess, is when you're having fun and it's yeah, easy. Sure. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, Everyone absolutely. likes what they're doing. So Not that we didn't like what we were doing before. It's just, you know, we know Colby pretty well. So. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, so with the tour, I think it's really cool that you guys are touring with Knuckle Puck and Real Friends. Like, I've written a lot about, like, these newer pop punk bands, too. And it's because it's interesting to me because you guys started off with more of that sound and, like, being lumped into that. And now it's, like, I would just call it, like, catchy rock music. I wouldn't really say it's a thing, but touring with those bands, it's an interesting pairing. Like, what's your relationship with, like, pop punk now? To be honest, I never really, like... Even listening and and even thinking right now, like literally right now, thinking about that first record, I don't think that there's really much pop punk on that record. Like we don't have any breakdowns. We don't have any like. It's not what pop punk is now. Yeah. What pop but, punk is seen as now, it's very like kind of the hardcore stuff crept into it. Mm-hmm. Well, to go to go to your point too, we did get kind of corralled into that. Yeah. Um, and I think that was just because there wasn't an overabundance of bands at the time. So we had to kind of, I mean, that was where the touring was. I mean, you was. were either a MySpace band who was a pop punk band or you were a MySpace band who was like a hardcore band. Yeah. You know, that's what it was. And so we got, that's where we came from is we started by doing the MySpace thing and the social media stuff. And so I think that just kind of by association, we kind of ended up being considered a pop punk band, which is, I mean, we didn't really set out to do that. It wasn't like we were like emulating and there's been, pop punk, but yeah, you know. Um, it's cool. It, it's cool to see to be on a tour with bands that are actually like you know the pop punk the way it is now. I didn't realize that it it's was a such revival. a force. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's what we were going to sh- like when we were watching like Millencolin and yeah. Homegrown and like we had through records bands yeah. back in the day. That's what it is, totally. you know. And that's like I think that's what was most attractive about it for us is that, uh, and I said it a while back, but it's like somehow nostalgic for us even though these bands are just now like knuckle puck hasn't even put out a full length. Right. So it's like they're there were, brand new bands, yeah. but it's nostalgic for us mm-hmm. somehow. There was is, a point where we were that guy, that six, four bro guy in the front, like freaking out. Like, and it's you know, refreshing it's cool. to, to know that that still is, is, a, you know, it's becoming more and more a thing again. Right. And, and we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to be a part of it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Finding those trends over time is neat because, like, I totally agree with that. Like, the early main sound, it was more just like pop rock or catchy yeah, rock music. Right. And, like, because, like, I was like going to the Warp Tour and Bamboozle in those days, too. And, yeah, it's neat how, like, you were comparing it to Drive Through. It's that sound again. Totally. It's, it's like. I, like I was listening to the uh, the interview did with the Guns show. Yeah, and he called it the Neon Period. Yeah, and I thought that was really like an accurate way of <laughs> yeah, describing it. it. It's it not is. that. It's it's more of like a throwback to like when it was a little bit more hardcore influenced. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like going to those shows. I don't know, Newfound. Yeah, like that is when I hear Real Friends, I hear the starting line. Right. Like, I hear that directly, and that's what's really cool. Mm-hmm. I love the starting line. Mm-hmm. We were huge fans. We grew up on that stuff. You know, that's, uh, what, that's why we started playing in bands and stuff. Was, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I guess our our outside influences kind of steered, especially the first record, a little bit away from 
like the jumping and the pop punk kind of like, you know, the way that they set a song up, we kind of went more in the, we wanted to be like Tom Petty already at that point. Like Third Eye Blind was yeah. a big influence. So, Yeah, so I think our influences veered us early on. Yeah. Um, and then we tried to like combat the idea that we were pop punk by like trying to tour with different bands and do our own thing. Mm-hmm. Trying to form an identity of our own, to be honest. That's what mm-hmm. we, we've always been most concerned with is not being identified as like part of a group, just trying to be whoever it is we are. Right. At that given time, I guess. Yeah. That's the hardest part about being a band. I would <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, cause, I mean cuz the more you hear that you are a certain thing, the more that you start to believe that you are totally. a certain thing, and then the more you end up pigeonholing yourself and doing the same thing over and over and it was never our goal to put the same record out twice. That mm-hmm. was never something that we wanted to do. So, um it's been, it's been I feel like we took ourselves pretty far, as far as our band could have gone away from where we started. And mm-hmm. I think now we're just trying to hone in and, and do what we've always done, but do it better and the way that we want to do it and the way yeah. that we know how to do it now. Mm-hmm. And like, I've seen it in the songs, like you cover live too. Yeah. With like, you've covered Petty live. Totally. You've covered the Stones live. Yeah. I mean that, that, that for us is really fun because it gets us, you know, in a different mindset. Right. And it, and it, it's us paying homage to the bands that we love, mm-hmm. you know, um, However poorly we play, <laughs> it's really fun, man. It's I mean, fun. we it's need fun, to learn yeah. more songs. That's what we've deduced. We've hit the we ceiling. Tried, of I, like... We tried to riff the other night on stage, and we rattled off. <laughs> well, it was a I joke. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. We rattled off a few. We we I like to do the funny stuff. Yeah. But what I've learned over the past people eight don't years, think it, people don't get it. What Ising is funny is not funny they don't get it man and so like i when we play like up. a creed song yeah. or like a three doors down song Kryptonite. i think that's hilarious yeah. but i don't think people get it because the girl the girl knew she, the, knew, she knew it, it well yeah. and she like like she like kind of nailed it but she that's brought the this thing girl up and she, like, like, i, I think that's it. hilarious like i think I'm laughing. I'm standing there laughing, and I and I'm realizing that like no one nobody gets it that we're kidding around. Nobody like, understands. We're really covering this. We really were covering the song. I know the song. If we so, do know like, the song, I, I only know like, like yeah. half of the verse, but I know the chorus. Do you, do you guys? So would you say you like? I mean, I like it too. I think it's a catchy song. What do you like? Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. I. <laughs> I never I like karaoke. I, damn, that's I never a hard got, question. I never got into it. I d- <laughs> but but that's I think that's a testament of the times too because that song was so massive that every like even if you didn't <laughs> like crap, it dude. like yeah it was a part of you <laughs> it's like I wasn't into like the post grunge movement of yeah, that I don't time know what, like what you really yeah, yeah <laughs> breaking Ben it's a catchy song that I just remember oh yeah that was everywhere yeah it's it's like it's like singing karaoke I guess totally. that kind of thing absolutely yeah. you don't have to be like a huge supporter of it to just get up there and sing it and enjoy it. It's yeah. Like right. Right. That's kind of what it, well, you brought the girl up and I was, it, we were, the whole approach was more so like karaoke. It wasn't like, let's do an awesome cover with a stranger <laughs> that we've never met before. Hopefully she knows the words. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like skater boy by Avril Lavigne. Yeah. We tried that. I didn't even know where to start. I did that at karaoke and I didn't, I didn't even know. I didn't even remember the melody. There's video of me trying to do karaoke yeah, yeah, that one, I and it's it. terrible. That's brutal. Yeah. That sucks. Rough. Yeah, so like, um, talk about the songs that are yours a little bit. Yeah. The, the American Candy. 
So um, different themes on the album that come up in the lyrics, like dressing how you want to dress and growing out your hair and diet soda. But, but that that the diet soda made me think of like the album title, even though it was different songs with like the American candy. So with like saying it rots your teeth, like what are you in general? What are you getting at with that? Um, really, I, I think the bass is all um, gluttony and um blindly accepting what's fed to us um i don't know i think that that the most important lesson i've learned over my adolescence to now has been um to ask questions and i don't think that's done enough especially in high school i remember just kind of running through the motions and being like a quote-unquote good student and mm. getting good grades um, and then college came around and my one question was why didn't anybody prepare me for this and then do I have to go to class was the second question and um, I don't know I, I just think that it's really important like I have two younger brothers so I don't know I, I felt very fulfilled by by creating music and playing music and the opportunities that we've been given I feel like if you work hard enough and and you have kind of a clear focus on what what it is you're trying to accomplish I think you really can can do something um so I, I just try to be a voice to my brothers first and foremost and and just relaying the idea that that anything you know whether you want to be a sports agent or a lawyer or whatever I think that it's it's important early on to kind of realize that you don't have to just follow directions all the time. Um, you probably shouldn't. You, you know. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know. So I, I don't know. I'm getting yeah, kind of I mean, off I mean, on a tangent. I, yeah, but. I mean, I relate to that. I mean, I grew up in Jersey and went to like not a like a just a very ordinary public school. Totally. And I was a good student, and it's like you're you're in general you're getting put down the right path, but as far as like kind of sounds cheesy but like breaking the norm and like yeah. doing different things specifics yeah it's it doesn't really point you in those directions totally and i i like i have a friend that works for the diamondbacks awesome likely awesome. you know oddly enough but you know she she's worked her butt off to get into her position but she took jobs with like single a clubs and like drove a van of like single a ball players around <laughs> and now she like has an office in the Diamondbacks stadium, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I take her and I, I look at like something like that and I try to preach that to, to not only my brothers, but try to preach that to the people that come to our shows, the people that yeah. are listening to The Voice. I think that it's important to know that you don't just have to go be an accountant. You don't have to, you know, there's mm -hmm. there's millions of things for you to do and, and millions of things for you to enjoy. So I think just... Other than going, I'm going to get a business degree and then I'll figure it out. I think it's important mm -hmm. to not just accept the, the, the kind of blueprints that have been given to us. Yeah, and like talking about your younger brothers, it makes me think I want to talk about the fans and the people in Arizona too. Because it's from what I always thought in the past, in past generations, most of the people there, almost all of them were transplants. And they came from other places, but now I guess more of the people there were born there, right? Well, I would now, yeah, I mean now, I mean our generation. Yeah. I mean I most of my family came from Chicago, New yeah, York. I mean a lot of them came from the East Coast. So mm -hmm. um yeah, I mean 
All the gold's been found. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no gold. There's really no reason to come out there anymore. We're just living there now. Um, but our whole group of friends, pretty much everyone that's on the bus that's um, that we've met from home is, I think most of them were born and raised. So it's, I don't know, yeah. it's kind of, we all kind of came up together. And I think that's why Arizona is kind of, there, there's definitely a few bands that have come out of there that have sounded so unique. I feel like Jimmy World is a great example mm-hmm. of that. Like, uh you could take the Jim Blossoms, for example. I don't know. I just it's kind of it's isolated enough where I think cool, cool enough stuff can happen. Yeah, I think even even still, I think um, people being born in Arizona, in the age that we're living in now, I think it's more common for you to see your friends kind of disperse and leave the state, yeah. which I think mm-hmm. is is exciting. Um, not because <clears throat> I don't like Arizona, because I love Arizona, I still reside there, but it's exciting to see that. It's becoming less and less um, intimidating to leave and to 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 go try your endeavors elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, mentioning Jimmy World makes me think I listened to an interview Jim, the singer, gave a, like a little while ago, and he might have been talking about Arizona in general, or maybe just Mesa where they're from. But he was saying like there's kind of a dearth of live venues. It kind of holds back there being a scene. Do you guys see that? Unfortunately. <clears throat> It's kind of the truth. Yeah, um, man. It's... There's the marquee theater. Like it, it's. I think there's such a disconnect between venues mm-hmm. um, and and capacity size. So you'll have a venue that holds 600. Crescent. Yeah, <clears throat> which is a great venue. And and but but if a a, a local band's trying to book a show there, it's just not going to happen because mm-hmm. the clientele that that runs through there is so abundant. Yeah. Um, then you have, you know, it, like from there to the next step up, there isn't really a whole lot until you hit the marquee theater. You jump which from is, 600 to 2,500. I mean, yeah. there's really no middle ground. And I mean, 600 is still pretty good. When we were growing up, a lot of the, there were a ton of like smaller venues. So a lot of the bands that were starting to get popular online would come through and play these like smaller clubs and a lot of those Sweaty, clubs are gone stinky clubs but that's the was... same thing i saw in jersey it yeah. was there in like the early 2000s like totally yeah. when you guys were starting and it's really important when you have these bands that finally have this reach and they might be a small band but they can come through and play these smaller venues that's where the scene starts to grow from that's where all the mm-hmm. local bands play it's and there's not a ton of those around anymore and then yeah like john said it's sparse between from you know 600 to 2500 there's really not much going on so yeah i think i think jim is probably right in that you're right jim you're right jim it isn't it makes it tough it makes it really tough and so um i don't know what's going to happen as far as the local scene goes i don't even know what's going i don't even think there really is one anymore it's kind of weird to think about yeah Mm. it's kind of strange yeah it's all Mm. it's all on the internets now you know yeah like people try to outreach you know, they go there for. There are uh, a few bands that that uh, that um, my cousins have kind of turned me on to that play a lot of local shows and mm-hmm. predominantly local shows, and they're really they're really strong bands. Um, it's just I don't know how many times you can really play right. by yourself, you know, yeah. without having a, a supporting cast or other bands to kind of feed off of. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really. I guess we're too old. I don't know, man. To I be feel a part like then, of the then scene. I think now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, God, am I this out of touch? I don't know if yeah. I, maybe I just don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. But um Yeah, it's not it's definitely not like Seattle or like a place that has kind of its own 
uh, vibe to it. You know, when we were growing up in New York, where you can play 300 different places. There's probably 300 shows going on tonight. It's it's definitely uh, pretty sparse as far as venues go. So. Yeah, well, you guys did sound like a neat thing for the album release. <clears throat> Playing like a, a 24-hour thing was like kind of a pop shop. Yeah. And you played live for, how did that go? It went really well, actually. Yeah. We, uh, thanks to Tim, our manager, we we coordinated it all with the mall, the Tempe Marketplace Mall. Um, they had an old, like, empty storefront. Storefront, yeah. It was like some, like No Fear or something was yeah. in there. It closed down. It was right next to Hot Topic and they let us just take over for 48 hours and so we set up the whole thing, um, put all our t-shirts. So everybody from 8123 um, was hanging around. Helping out. And yeah, it was a really, <clears throat> really cool experience. It was cool because we love to do stuff like that. Yeah, and it was right in the middle. We did a 24-hour broadcast on Meerkat and it was just like a this whirlwind of a day, but kind of that became the storefront became our home base for the day. So it was nice to go there and, and we did like meet and greets. We did the acoustic performance there and kids could come in and buy anything from 8123, all of our stuff and vinyl and stuff. Vinyl. Like yeah. Couldn't find online. And so yeah, it was really fun. It was cool to see the the response to it because we didn't know mm-hmm. how it was going to go, but it ended up being pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that's just about everything I had at my end. So right on. cool. Um, Unless there's anything else. No, thanks for sharing the view. Yeah, thanks, man. My pleasure. Um, Cool. So, yeah, that concludes another episode of the Alt and Our Stars podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast by clicking the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story. You can also listen to archived episodes there. The Alt and Our Stars runs every Friday on Billboard.com. So until next week, have a good weekend, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.